0: Ludus Novus, episode 17, from May 17th, 2009, The Rules of the Game. Hi everyone, I'm Gregory Weir, and this is Ludus Novus, the podcast dedicated to the art of interaction. Today I'm going to be talking about a pretty fundamental idea, some hardcore video game theory and ludology stuff. I'm going to be talking about how I define the term game. No, 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 don't run away yet. I know... That this is something that every single ludologist does at the beginning of every book on video games ever. But I think that the way that I define a game brings up some interesting ideas that are worth talking about. So even though it's uh, sort of a standard exercise, hear me out and I'll do my best to make this as painless as possible. So I define a game in, in the context of interaction as an interactive simulation that provides metrics which allow a user to track progress towards a goal. Any simulation that is interactive and provides metrics counts as a game. Now I can hear all the indignant, angry internet men yelling at me right now. Yes, it is a very, very general definition. SimCity is a game. Microsoft Flight Simulator? Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much a game. Microsoft Paint? By this definition, yes, it's a game. It's a simulation of painting that provides some information that you can use to track progress towards a goal you come up with. The thing is that some of these aren't very good games. Microsoft Paint, I wouldn't argue, is a good game by any measure of the word, but it counts as a game, or at least can be used as a game by someone looking at it that way. And this is a very subjective definition. There are some things which clearly were intended to be games and can easily be used as games. Some things, not so much. But for the purposes of discussing the theory of interaction and ludology and so on, we can th- look at these things as games, and so they're games. So let me go into some low-level definitions of, of the terms in here to make clear what I mean. So, a simulation in this context is a computer program that had, that's an approximation of another system or another world. It is a representation of some universe. Usually, this is a universe that's at least partly based on ours. It usually has things like basic physics, positioning, movement. Uh, most games take place in an environment that resembles our universe. But it can contain things that don't exist in our universe. Things like magic, alternate gravity. Uh, it could even be a very, very abstract universe. The universe of Luminase is not very close to ours, even though you can sort of see some resemblances. So essentially, what a simulation is at its most basic level is a world state that is a set of values that describe the current situation in the game world, and a set of rules that allow the simulation to transition from one world state to the next. So any computer scientists in the crowd are probably seeing that this is very similar to the definition of, say, a finite state machine or another one of those simple computational machines, and that's the case. A simulation is essentially any computer program which describes a world and its states throughout time. Now, it's not enough for something to simply be a simulation. It also has to be interactive, which means that, that the user who's accessing this simulation has to be able to affect the progress of the simulation. And I'd argue that it's not enough to simply change the initial parameters. The user has to be able to modify the simulation as it is running. They need to be able to, in between two world states or during a world state, modify the parameters so that the simulation is changed. Usually, in most games, this is by having the user control an actor within the game world. They choose the actions for some character in the in the game, but that's not at all necessary. Uh, god games sometimes have a god character, but at other times you're just controlling vague forces. A game like Tetris doesn't have you controlling a specific character, but you're still affecting the progress of the simulation. This can be turn-based interaction in which the simulation pauses while it waits for the user's modifications or it can be real time in which the simulation occurs and continues progressing whether or not the user is actively providing input so we have an interactive simulation the remaining criterion is a set of metrics uh these are also known as gauges some people call them I think gauge is a bit misleading because it implies an explicit gauge on the screen or easily available and metrics can be explicit or implicit they can be visible or not what they are is measurements of some useful variable in the simulation so the the classic explicit gauge or metric that you see is something like Score, experience points, what level you've reached, the health of a boss enemy. There are numbers that can be accessed that say something important about the game world, something interesting. Usually these are used to form goals, so a score has not goal kind of implicitly in it to get the highest score possible, etc. Implicit metrics are things like your position in a level, the current status of the storyline, uh, wh- how you're doing strategically, whether you're strategically positioned to do well or to do poorly. These are things that aren't said outright as numbers that are visible on the screen, but they can be understood by someone looking at the simulation and examining it. Now, what these metrics do is they allow the user to form goals without metrics you can't track any progress towards a goal i can say i'm playing diablo and i want my character to become an expert musician so i'm going to do things that i think make me better at music but since there's no metric to track music skill in the game the simulation doesn't account for that then that really isn't a useful goal and wouldn't be formed by the average user who's playing the simulation so a goal can be formally defined here, since we've got this definition of simulation. A goal is a target world state or set of world states. I can say, I want to get to the end of the level. The world state in this case is me being at the position, which is the end of the level, or the level indicator incrementing to the next position. That's a target world state. That's a goal. Uh, Beating the game is, I want to reach the so-called winning world state. And using this definition, all goals are positive goals. They're things you want to do. Some people talk about negative goals, things like don't die. I don't count that in this definition as a goal because they can't really be achieved. I I say don't die, but really then I'm succeeding at my goal every single second I play the game because I'm not dead, so I've succeeded. if a game seems to have a goal that is don't die usually it's really under this this way of looking at it got a goal of survive as long as possible maximize my playing time and that in that case my target world state is to have either a very high score very high time or you could say an infinite time to to max out the counter which would be infinity and then i can track my progress towards that goal by examining my time, and if I'm increasing my time or increasing my score, then I am progressing towards the goal. I'm losing progress if somehow my play time decreases. So that's what I mean by goal. Having said this, the definition is an interactive simulation that provides metrics which allow a user to track progress towards a goal. That's what I call a game. A video game is one of these in which the simulation is carried out on a computer. Video game consoles count because they're actually computers. A tabletop role-playing game, that's a simulation which is being carried out by a group of people with agreed-upon rules around a table. A sport, generally, is a group of people competing in the physical world, but using certain physical constraints to represent other constraints. Soccer is a simulation or an abstraction of a battle or war, or some sort of physical conflict that depends on controlling ground. And I'm sure with proper creativity, you can come up with other ways for these simulations to take place. So this definition of a game leaves out several criteria that are often used to define games by, uh, by other people. Uh, for example, games don't need to be competitive. You don't need to have an active agent that's working against the player. Conflict is inherent in, the, in the challenge of trying to achieve a goal state. I don't need someone trying to prevent me from achieving a goal in order to feel this conflict and, and have this effort towards a goal, because just figuring out how to use the rules and manipulate the simulation is enough. Games don't need to have a lose state or a win state. Really, if you think about it, winning and losing states from the simulation's point of view are equivalent. They're ends to the simulation. They're states that you reach that make the simulation stop. We attach weight to them as users, as developers because we label one of these states a lose state and one of these states a win state. But dying doesn't have to mean losing, as we can see with Kuroshi, say. And winning is not necessarily good, as in the case of the path where the so-called win state is caused by having your character somehow assaulted by a wolf. So these aren't necessary. You don't need the simulation to ever have a point at which it ends. Often, win states are put in as an attempt to provide a goal to the player, but that's another thing that games don't need. Games don't have to have an explicit goal. Users will form goals even if you don't give them one. By providing these metrics, users will a metric that they want to maximize, or to minimize, or to set to a certain value. We're goal-forming beings. It's one of the things we do is create goals that we want to achieve. And in fact, it might be better not to state an explicit goal when you create a game, because if available goals are obvious, based on the metrics, the user will discover them themselves. And you don't want to limit the user's options by saying, oh, this is what you have to do, and make the user feel like, oh, well, what if I want to do something separate? So you don't need to state a goal that arises out of the simulation and the available metrics. Another thing a game doesn't have to do is be fun. A game that is fun, that is entertaining, will be more engaging. It'll be easier for the user to get to their goal. It will be easier for them to stick with the game. But it's not required. And we're seeing a lot of more games these days that aren't fun. That aren't, in a traditional sense, entertaining. But they provide other things that are interesting. And playing a game doesn't mean you have to be at play. It doesn't have to be a, a trivial, casual, relaxing escapist experience. Now there are miscellaneous other things that people say games should or shouldn't be. Some people say you need to be able to interfere with other players. People put limits on the medium that a game is implemented in. But really I think that when you've got this basic definition that I've laid out, you've got a game and anything else puts needless limitations on the developer. As long as you create an interesting simulation, that is interactive and provides these interesting metrics, you've got a game. The trick to making a good game is by making each of these qualities interesting, engaging, and somehow aesthetic or artistic. You want to simulate an interesting universe. You want to have the method of interaction be engaging and you want the metrics that are exposed to be as conducive as possible to forming interesting goals. All of the other elements of a video game arise out of these fundamentals. Gameplay is simply the method of interaction. Story, the player will create based on the events that are taking place humans sentient beings are great at forming stories we can put together a sequence of events and make a story out of them it's fine to have an explicit story in the game but it's not necessary it'll show up on its own anyway so that's what i think of when i think of a game that's how i define it i think that looking at games this way lets you open up your perspective as a developer and as a player and stops you from laying on crutches like explicit goals, like competition, and lets you be more creative. Sure, a lot of the time, it's good to have some of the more traditionally required elements of games, but I think that developers and players should understand that these really aren't necessary. So I'd be really interested to know what you, as a listener, think of this definition. If you want to argue with it, if you've got a different, better definition, or if you can pare it down even further, that would be really cool. Uh, Give me comments on my website, ludusnovus.net. I'd really like to hear whatever you think about this topic. So that's all I have to say for today. This is my second podcast in two weeks, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. And uh, let's hope I can keep this up. So, thanks for listening, and I'll see you around. Ludus Novus is published under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, share-alike 3.0 license. That means you can do whatever you want with it as long as you don't make money off of it and you release any derivative works under the same license. Have a great day.